Hello and welcome everyone to our In The Zone podcast focusing on hybrid assays. I'm delighted to be joined by Barry and AGM, both from Q Squared Solutions, who have 16 years of combined hybrid IAMS experience. So let's get straight into this podcast. Firstly, AGM, if we start with you, should IA LCMS methods expect the same problems immune assays have with critical reagents? Sure. So immunoassay performance is entirely dependent on critical reagents because it requires a capture and a detection reagent. Critical reagents can affect our IELCMS methods as well, but it shouldn't always be assumed that they have the same level of impact as as they do with immunoassays. Both IELCMS methods and immunoassays capture the analyte, but IELCMS methods aren't dependent on that downstream binding of the analyte to the detection antibody as an immunoassay is. The IELCMS method is specific for that signature peptide derived from that digested analyte, so it makes it less reliant on that capture antibody binding to that specific protein epitope. We also have more tools for IELCMS methods, such as adding a stable isotope-labeled protein level IS to normalize the whole extraction process. Rather than just using that peptide sill as another technique we can use to, to lessen the impact of critical reagents. And if we continue to focus on LCMS methods, what thoughts do you have regarding the bottom-up approach for LCMS methods and the concern about detecting analyte that is not intact? And maybe Barry, if we could come to you. Sure. Yeah, there's been a lot of effort to measure large proteins by LCMS in an intact state uh, or with minimal fragmentation that still gives you whole molecule information, but that hasn't made its way into mainstream regulated bioanalysis at this point. And I understand the concern over using a peptide fragment as a representation of the intact protein with our bottom-up methods. It's known that the measured concentration of a protein with such a bottom-up strategy may depend on the selected signature peptide. And so how do we control for that? You know, careful selection of the, of the peptide with respect to uniqueness and the lack of post-translational modification liabilities is of course important. And we can think about improving sequence coverage of the targeted measurement by following additional peptides for qualitative information where possible. That can give us more confidence in our quantitative measurements, especially when those additional peptides can give information about the intactness of the protein. Now, I do appreciate that an amino assay may measure the target protein in its intact state, but such a measurement still does not give whole molecule information either. It's, it's, it's rather based on binding events. I believe the epitome of confidence may come from intact protein measurements by LCMS. And Adrian, back to you. What are your thoughts about achieving a LLOQ in an immunoassay versus LCMS? So immunoassay sensitivities they're limited by the quality of critical reagents. So if you have an amino assay that needs an aggressive LLOQ, if it's identified that you're using the best critical reagents already and you've and you've tried changing the minimum required dilution, so the MRD, you've tried different assay buffers, blocking reagents, and amino assay platforms, and that doesn't get you the required sensitivity that you need, there's limited techniques that are left to be tried to get the LLOQ and ensure that it's robust in accuracy and precision evaluations and ensure that there's no matrix effects in all the individual lots, both normal and disease, that you test spiked at the LLOQ. So if this often requires, if you have an LLOQ that's aggressive in aminoassays, it needs to be raised if the concentration is kept, if concentration is low, to be, if you're keeping it on the aminoassay platform, 
with LCMS, we have a lot more tools in our toolbox we can use to get these aggressive LLO cues. In addition to using that in immunocapture initial step, we can get further sensitivity through low flow chromatography and downstream use of an anti-peptide column that utilizes an antibody capture of the signature peptide we're following. We couple this to high resolution mass spectrometers that give better sensitivity through greater selectivity, and we can achieve the ultimate sensitivity when it's needed. And now thinking about regulations in this field, what is key for setting up regulatory procedures regarding the AILCMS assays? Yes, so IALCMS methods, they're considered immunoassays that use a mass spectrometer as a detector. So these are hybrid methods and they span both immunoassay and LCMS disciplines. And because of that, we need to take into account regulatory guidance for both when we're validating and using these methods for sample analysis. So at Q-Squared Solutions, we've created SOPs specific for the validation and the conduct of sample analysis for these hybrid methods using our diverse team of individuals from both the LCMS and the immunoassay fields. By doing so, it was quite challenging because each section in the guidance needs to be reviewed and the experimental design and the acceptance criteria applied based on the understanding of the regulatory guidance, the intent of the experiment, the familiarity of the method being validated, and the knowledge of both LCMS and immunoassays. Barry, back over to you. What would you like to be known about the time a biologics LCMS method takes to develop, validate, and run the samples? Uh, yeah, this, this depends on the, the specific assay configuration, but generally we can move pretty fast with an LCMS assay on, on the, the development piece. Often when we're presented with a protein therapeutic assay challenge, it's because the immunoassay development efforts didn't yield the performance needed to support that program. Often that's related to the quality of the reagents. If such reagents though may work perfectly fine with a hybrid IALCMS assay where more degrees of selectivity are available. So the long timelines that are associated with reagent generation can be eliminated. Exception to this is when we use signature peptide antibody enrichment, and Adrian mentioned this, when we're going for ultimate sensitivity. These reagents aren't commercially available, nor are they likely to have been generated previously under an LBA assay format assumption. Otherwise, we can get from scratch to developed assay relatively quickly when, when reagents don't need to be uh, generated. Now, keep in mind, though, that the LCMS analysis time is longer than LBA. Additional steps like uh, denaturation, reduction, alkylation, digestion, they all add time, sometimes days, to the sample preparation aspect. And the chromatographic separation adds uh, to the runtime compared to LBA. Bring in low flow and, and multidimensionality in the LC, that adds additional throughput challenges. But still, you know, in our lab, we can run a sample of three-column chromatography and 600 nanoliter per minute flow rates in 10 to 12 minutes injection to injection by optimizing routines. And continuing to focus on the biologics field, what would be the most important point you learned about the LCMS biologics field? And Barry, maybe if we start with you. Sure. Yeah, I, I think it's the importance of diverse teams. It, it's so interdisciplinary, uh, incorporating elements of the immunoassay and LCMS platforms, of course, but also of, of, of underlying biology, chemistry, physics, proteomics, bioinformatics, et cetera. And all of this is under an umbrella of compliance to regulatory rigor. One person can't cover all aspects of this with their own experiences. So we have to hire teams with the, with the breadth of ex expertise. It can be a challenge to build and manage these teams, but it is critical to tackle complex biological and analytical problems with, with a comprehensive approach, and ultimately to, to help advance new therapies with confident, careful measurements. And Adrian, anything else to add on that one? Sure. So I think the importance 
of not pursuing an amino assay first instead of an LCMS method if there's a low LLOQ required and or you have a question on the quality of the critical reagents or lack of their ability. We've often seen requests for methods where an amino assay was attempted first and the required LLQ wasn't achievable. So this leads to the shortened timelines for the customer to have a lab develop and, and validate an LCMS method because an amino assay platform won't work. Frequently, LCMS methods are the only method available to get the, these LLQs that are required when they're, when they're so low. When time is taken to first attempt the methods on the immunoassay platform, rather than going directly to an IA LCMS method, it takes a valuable time that can delay data delivery. And looking towards the future now, what plans do you have for future projects that bridge LCMS and LBA? And Adrian, if we start with you. Sure. So we are currently working on an ADA, so it's anti-drug antibody, by LCMS method. We do see value in one method that can screen, confirm, and measure the level of ADA and even isotype if needed. So one method that can give all that information with a single analysis of the sample, as opposed to at least three analyses using the immunoassay platform, comes with significant challenges. Seen in the industry research papers, the main challenge amongst many with ADA by LCMS methods is nonspecific binding of human Ig to the beads. So, using our experience of running an ADA by LCMS assay in the past here and our expertise in the hybrid IALCMS methods and immunoassays, we were able to mitigate nonspecific binding of human Ig to the beads. So, we're currently proceeding forward with fur further evaluation of the ADA by LCMS method, incorporating the positive control to assess specificity and drug tolerance and mitigating target interference. Barry, any final thoughts on the future there? Yes, a couple of different directions I'd like to go in are kind of on opposite ends of the chromatography spectrum, if you will. For, for those applications where the ultimate sensitivity is required, at Q-squared Solutions, we continue to investigate new approaches to improve robustness and throughput. The dimensionality of the LC configuration gives us options that we're working to leverage. We've used affinity chromatography and size exclusion chromatography separately in conjunction with reverse phase chromatography. And there's more combinations to explore. On the other end of that spectrum where bioanalytical applications don't require high sensitivity, is there room to improve existing LBA assay formats with a mass spec detector? And here I mean without LC, you know, for those that think we can never have a regulated PK assay without LC, well, we do that with amino assays all the time. I think it's possible. With replacement of the detection antibody in a, in a, a typical uh, ligand binding assay with a mass spectrometer, you know, a, a quick analysis approach like acoustic ejection spectrometry or matrix assisted uh, laser des uh, desorption. Would these add value to an amino assay with additional degrees of selectivity without that chromatographic separation? Uh, that's that, that's an avenue I'd like to explore. Great. Well, thank you both very much for joining me today and for sharing your thoughts and experience on hybrid assays. And to our listeners, you can find out more information at www.bioanalysis-zone.com. So thank you very much both. Thank you, Nema. Thank you.